0: What are distributors doing to address the new norm? Evidence that freight companies are adjusting to life in the pandemic. And a surge in logistics activity. Is it a sign of more good things to come? Pull up a chair and join us as the editors of DC Velocity discuss these stories, as well as news and supply chain trends, on this week's Logistics Matters podcast. Hi, I'm Dave Maloney. I'm the Editorial Director at DC Velocity. Welcome. Logistics Matters is sponsored by Fortna. Fortna partners with the world's leading brands to transform their distribution operations to keep pace with digital disruption and growth objectives. Known worldwide as the distribution experts, Fortna designs and delivers intelligent solutions powered by their proprietary software to optimize fast, accurate, and cost-effective order fulfillment. For more information, visit fortna.com. As usual, our DC Velocity senior editors, Ben Ames and Victoria Kickham, will be along to provide their insight into the top stories of this week. But to begin today, we welcome back Rob McKeel, CEO of Fortnum. Rob was a guest on one of our first podcasts, and it's great to have him with us again. Rob, when you were with us in April, we were just at the beginning phases of coping with the COVID-19 pandemic. We've now been in the midst of it for several months. And what have we learned so far as it relates to how supply chains operate?
1: David, I think we mentioned uh, the last time we talked that um, the last several months have been a a significant stress test on people's supply chains. And uh, the learnings from many of our clients through that stress test have been insights into how their supply chain performed, both in an upside scenario where they saw increased e-com demand and in a downside scenario where some of the retail demand was, was stressed, and in particularly, I think clients saw how their supply chains were able to be flexible to handle those surges or declines in, in the various channels that they take their their tech, their their products to market. And this also spawned for us a lot of new conversations around network strategy and supply chain capabilities. When you think about that that flexibility and those those changes in channel. And because we do a lot of work and we have a lot of expertise in both the network strategy and work inside the four walls of the, of the distribution center, we've seen an increase in activity to talk about how we can help sort of solve those, those two, uh, two dimensions. It's also uh, some conversation on how ship the store and pick up from store uh, mechanism might work as, as people go forward with, with uh, a new model.
0: Rob, you do a lot at Fortno with retail. So what are your retail customers saying about the upcoming holiday season, especially if it may be an e-commerce dominated selling season?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I think the e-com channel obviously received a huge boost here during the uh, the stay at home environment. Uh, I think the shift to that e-com environment is likely to continue. And there's there's two peaks we're heading into, of course, the back to school peak and the holiday peaks. And so I think clients are evaluating both of those, you know, both of those peaks as as, uh, as challenges coming forward. For, for most of the clients, e has two challenges. First is just the sheer volume as that mix shift went from retail to e in a pretty fast way and, and, and an increase in, in just volume on, on the e-comm side. Second is the service level expectations for immediacy in that e-comm channel. You know, we're, we're, we're getting used to getting things, you know, just days after we order them. And, and so folks have to make sure they can meet the service levels as that e channel picks up uh, percentages of the, of, the, of the delivery methods. For that this resulted in in combinations of engagement. so we've had like I said, we've had a lot of conversations on the strategy side, but also conversations on investments or upgrades that could happen to uh, to meet those those uh, two peaks. Uh, and then given where we are in the year, there's a balance on what types of activities can be done to meet obviously the school peaks around the corner, assuming everybody goes back to school the school peaks around the corner and the, the holiday peaks fast approaching or what will have to happen for the relative the the, the different peaks in 2021. You know, we we sp- we spend a lot of our time on looking at the, the strategy and and needs and translating that into economic benefit. So some of that may need uh, more investment early. Some of that may need it's better to wait and make that investment at the next peak cycle depending on how long some of these implement- implementations take. So it's really client dependent, but lots of folks are exploring how this might affect their uh, their peak season. And we'd love to hear or, or help, you know, any of your listeners who might need to, to navigate these kind of challenges.
0: Are networks and facility designs going to be changed forever based on the pandemic and what you've talked about so far? And if so, what are some of the factors that will make those changes? Yeah, I think there
1: will be some permanent changes. Uh, so one, clients are looking for resiliency. In their supply chains and flexibility to deal with a less predictable environment while still trying to deserve a, a dynamic mix between retail and e-com, obviously with e-com getting a, a bigger share going forward. That will necessitate changes in some of the network strategies and in uh, in, uh, in how the DC itself works, the technology deployed in the in the DC. I we, we talked about pickups at store and and you know, lots of people have been trained now to order and then just drive by and pick up. Uh, and while that's that's not a way that I think the stores ever envisioned volume being, some segments that might be more attractive, and therefore, of course, exploring fulfillment options that allow that to be uh, economic and and beneficial to the to the end customer. So I do think some of those will will create changes. I mean, there's a lot of conversation about pushing sortation closer to the point of of, of delivery. Uh, that may create instead of a giant sort of hub and spoke network. Uh, more stars coming off of that major hub, so you have sort of tiers of, of, of distribution and sortation as it goes through the uh, the network again to enable that, that one day delivery or pick up from store and, and, and replenish the stores in, in those uh, those fashions. But I do think some of that will be permanent changes to the to the networks and technologies.
0: Are there particular technologies that you think will lead the way to the new normal?
1: You know, I think the, the conversation on technology is probably higher than it's ever been. You know, it's been at a good pace in this industry for uh, for the recent past, and I think it's going to continue on that pace, so lots of conversation on software, robotics, different automation strategies to uh, to, to improve throughput and, and handle mix and, and flexibility. You know, we help evaluate the cost-benefit. So it's not always that the new technology is the best fit for the application, so we weigh the application of the technology against the operating metrics that the client's trying to reach and through that make sure they're they're using the right technology for what they're doing Uh, and as technology becomes you know advances and becomes more more uh more pervasive in the industry of course the economics get better as time goes forward Uh, given the environment i think some new benefits start to get factored in that evaluation things like labor flexibility social distancing fulfillment channel flexibility, um, all those things start weighing into the use of technology in the, in the, in the cost-benefit equation. And that makes some of the business cases for applying technology maybe more attractive than they would have been without those considerations. Uh, and part of what we do is help go through all those factors and, and make sure that the right choice around around technology. So, so some examples in that are automation applied to reverse logistics, if there's more e-com, obviously, there's going to be more returns. More returns creates a back channel that has to be uh, be worked to, to make sure that inventory gets uh, recycled. Uh, then there's intelligence coupled with sortation to handle a lot more each mix. You know, as people get into micro-fulfillment and, and get into, again, more e-com, you get more each uh, sort of orders and, therefore, technology to help deal with that that variety inside the, the, the each's, uh picking process. Things like robotic put picks. Obviously, software such as our Hortna's of WES system help manage that complexity and deal with the, the variety that might be might be seen at the at the distribution center. The other area is just the areas around ASRS systems, uh, where we see lots of capabilities in the industry and a lot of interest in applying those. But to the point you asked about further, one of the unique places is, is around micro-fulfillment. And, and we've been talking and, and deploying solutions like AutoStore which are very space efficient, you know, they can be molded into some of these unique retail spaces uh, and also more economical in some cases than traditional ASRS systems. So I think that kind of flexibility is becoming a, an important factor in the technology choice.
0: Thank you, Rob. We appreciate you being a part of our podcast today.
1: Great. Thank you. As always, I appreciate you inviting me.
0: Again, if you would like more information on Fortna, go to fortna.com. That's F O R T N A. Dot com. Now let's turn to some of the other supply chain news from the week. Ben, you wrote about a report on how companies in the freight sector are adapting to the pandemic. Can you share
2: with us some of their business strategies? That's right, Dave. Uh, we've seen how many companies have reacted uh, in a physical way to new working conditions uh, during the pandemic, uh, such as having employees wear masks, uh, frequently wiping down surfaces. But now we're starting to see uh, how companies in the freight sector are adapting to the pandemic financially. Uh, now, this comes from a survey that shows that 76% of logistics companies in the freight sector have adjusted their initial 2020 budgets for the new reality. So it's very widespread, uh, with more than three quarters of the respondents uh, saying, of course, that they've significantly shifted their planned spending. Uh, the survey came from DDC FPO which is a company in Colorado that provides freight billing tools and business process outsourcing. And uh, for this survey, they spoke with executives at manufacturers, warehousing distribution centers, motor carriers, 3PLs, brokers, and freight technology providers. Ben, what sort of changes are those companies making? There were some details on that. Uh, Most of the companies in the survey were trying to improve operational efficiencies, such as moving away from manual processes to digital ones, and looking for ways to increase communication uh, processes with external sources. And because a lot of transportation providers, uh, their assets have fixed costs uh, with equipment, like tractors or trailers, containers, uh, they're trying to save money instead in costs that are actually more variable, uh, and that includes often reducing payroll through human resources costs, uh, what most of us might call layoffs or cut hours, maybe furloughs, Uh, in addition, The pandemic, in a greater view, is forcing many organizations to fast track initiatives they were already doing. Uh, We've often heard of trends like uh, companies trying to become leaner, more agile, more efficient. Uh, So the uh, pandemic has given them uh, sort of lit a fire under some some of those efforts and uh, accelerated some of that. Yeah, it's often the case when people
0: go through a crisis situation of some kind, it does uh, create a a better, leaner company on the other end. Let's hope that's the case for these companies. Thank you. That's right. Victoria, the new Logistics Managers Index report is out, and it shows a surge in June. Is that mostly due to the reopening of the economy?
3: Hi, Dave. Thanks. Um, So, short answer, uh, yes. Um, Just to step back a little bit, the Logistics Managers Index, or the LMI as we refer to it, as you say, gauges business activity in the logistics industry, uh, essentially measuring activity across transportation, warehousing, and inventory. So as you point out, in June, the LMI was up considerably, continuing a recovery that we saw from the low point in April. In fact, it grew more than seven points to reach its highest reading in 16 months. So that essentially puts the industry back to about 2018, early 2019 growth levels, which is good. A little bit more history. The LMI had been slowing the last year or so, indicating the industry was sort of seeing a slow and steady growth rate. But it surged in March due to the pandemic and um, sort of panic buying in the run up to the pandemic, I should say. And then it really slowed in April. So what we're seeing in, in the spring is the researchers say, as you point out, the post-COVID-19 sort of reopening of the economy really played a role in the growth. Retailers and other sort of increased inventory levels, warehouse space remained at a premium, and transportation metrics began to move in the right direction again. We saw a double-digit increase in um, transportation utilization and prices, for instance. The reading was 61.7 in June. That's up from 54.5 in May and 51.3 in April. Uh, Any reading above 50 indicates growth, but as you can see, where we were in June is um, a really big jump. So the bottom line is that at least for June, the researchers say the logistics sector has begun to regain its footing from the slowdown that we saw earlier in the year.
0: Victoria, do the researchers expect this trend to continue?
3: Well, you know, it's a, it's always a crystal ball kind of thing. But what they're saying is if July's levels remain strong, the outlook is likely to remain positive. But there's a big question mark on the horizon, and that's the rising number of COVID-19 cases that we're seeing in states like Florida, California, or Arizona, I think Arkansas, maybe one as well. And uh, the, the concern is that if states begin to shut down their economies again, that could really put the brakes on the growth we've seen these last couple of months.
0: With the logistics sector being such a big part of the GDP, I think it's a good sign when the logistics sector is strong, good sign for the rest of the economy. Thanks, Ben and Victoria, for sharing highlights of the news this week. Thanks, Dave. Thank you. And again, our thanks to Rob McKeel for being our guest today. We encourage your feedback on this topic and our other stories. You can email us at podcast at dcvelocity.com. And a reminder that Logistics Matters is sponsored by Fortnum. Fortna partners with the world's top brands to transform distribution operations into competitive advantage. Expertise includes distribution strategy, DC operations, micro fulfillment, automation, and intelligent software. Distribution solutions designed today for tomorrow's challenges. For more information about the distribution experts, visit fortna.com. We encourage you to subscribe to Logistics Matters on Apple, Google, and at other popular podcast platforms and at your App Store. Just search for Logistics Matters to find us. Our new episodes are uploaded each Friday. We'll be back again next week with another edition of Logistics Matters, when we will look at the state of logistics. Be sure to join us. Until then, please stay safe and have a great week.